When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It was the final show before Christmas, and all through the house, I'd hidden bags of potato chips to cram into my mouth. Does that rhyme? It's pretty close, right? Relatively the same sound. How are you doing tonight? Thanks a lot for checking in. It is indeed the final episode of Inside Sports before Christmas. We're going to have special Christmas programming starting at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Pleased to be with you. My name is Reed Wilkins. Six minutes left at Rogers Place, which is only about a six-minute drive from my house. I got the game on the tube here. Canada leading Russia 1-0. Now, a potential storyline here. Kirby Dock, the captain of the team, the young man from Fort Saskatchewan who plays for the Chicago Blackhawks, he collided with a Russian player at center ice a few minutes ago, immediately took off his right glove and uh, and went to the bench, appeared to be shaken up. Uh, I have not seen him back on the ice, though I am obviously at this point listening to the game or watching the game with the sound down since I'm now uh, on the radio, but uh, that did not look good. Maybe... Uh, some sort of a, a hand or wrist injury. We don't know for sure, but he looked uncomfortable as he went to the bench. He's going to be Canada's one of top player, uh, one of Canada's top players. So hopefully he is okay. We'll keep you updated on this game. Also, the Raptors are underway tonight. About half a minute left in the first quarter. Toronto leading New Orleans 26-23. I'm happy to hear from you, of course. The number to call and text is the same, 780-496-0063. We've already had somebody get the jump on our musical requests, which we do from time to time on the show. If there's something you'd like to hear coming back from break, you can text it in, a song, preferably guitar rock, and preferably, well, it has to be something with no naughty words in it, especially at the beginning of the song, because we, we can't put those on. So uh, we'll have some of those as we go throughout the evening. You can also email me, inside sports at 630ched.com, and you can get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S. Okay. 7804960063. So we do have a lot to talk about today. I, I do I do want to mention, keep in mind, we are going to have Derek England on the show between 7:30 and 8. So if you're still with us uh, and able to stick around for that. We would love to have you. Uh, Derek England, of course, a uh, longtime defenseman in the National Hockey League. Oh, somebody's asking who scored for Canada. My apologies for not mentioning that. It was Jamie Drysdale scoring uh, with about 16 minutes left in the third period. Kind of took a shot from the top of the circle and I was able to go high blocker on the Russian goalie. So that's the only goal uh, in this game to this point. Uh, where was I, Kellen? What was I talking about before that? Uh, NHL schedule? The NHL schedule. Yes, there I lost go. my place. Okay, well, I'm excited because it's Christmas. I got a lot of baking to eat. And that is a huge gift from the league today. You know, we don't have start times, but hey, we got a schedule. So, so you can get, uh, obviously, you can go to the Oilers website or follow the link in the story on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca to get the whole schedule. We were we will go over some some highlights of it tonight. 
And we'll start at the start. Why not? January 13th, Wednesday. That's going to be the Oilers' first game. It's at, it's at home. It's against the Vancouver Canucks. The next game is also against Vancouver, January 14th. So as we expected, sort of a baseball-style schedule where a lot of the games will be playing the same opponent back-to-back. So the Oilers start off with, I'll just give the first eight games as an example. The Oilers start off with two home games against Vancouver, two home games against Montreal. Those are not on back-to-back days. Then they go to Toronto for two games. Then they go to Winnipeg for two games. So on that'll go. The first game against Calgary is February 6th. That's just a one-off. It's not back-to-back against Calgary. Uh, So there are some occasions where they'll just play a team once, but most of the time you'll see the Oilers play the same team for a couple of games. Sometimes you will even see uh, see the Oilers play the same team three times in a row. For example... From March 27th, uh, pardon me, February 27th to March 3rd, the Maple Leafs are at Rogers Place for three consecutive games, 27th of February, March 1st, March 3rd. Ottawa is at Rogers Place, March 8th, 10th, and 12th. Edmonton is in Montreal, March 22nd, 24th, and 26th. So sometimes you're going to have three games in a row against the same team. As uh, Ken Holland told us earlier in the week, 10 games against Calgary, 10 against Vancouver, 9 against each of the other teams. The uh, the series between Calgary and Edmonton, the final three games will be played in the final five games of the season for the Oilers and the very last regular season game for Edmonton at Calgary on May 7th. And then we get into the playoffs and the Stanley Cup is going to be awarded sometime likely in the second week of July. So those are some of the bullet points for the schedule. There are no times announced yet for the start games. So that that's significant, and, and who knows? Maybe they'll roll with that as we go throughout the season. I, I There are some nights just looking at it, and I'm not going to give every single occasion where it's fairly obvious to me there would be an East-West doubleheader. For example, the first Wednesday of the season, Montreal and Toronto, I would think would be a 5 o'clock game. Vancouver-Edmonton, I'm guessing, would be 7.45 or 8. Um, I was saying to Jay Lynn earlier, who knows, maybe there could be triple headers some days, especially on weekends, but the start times have not yet been announced. The longest homestand for the Oilers is seven games. That goes from March 1st to March 12th. Their longest road trip is five games. That includes those three in a row I mentioned in Montreal. Then they go to Toronto for two. That's from March 22nd to 29th. So those are some of the key points uh, on the schedule. Uh, Kellen, let's get that Ryan Nugent Hopkins clip uh, ready on, on the schedule when you have it. Okay. So again, it's all Canadian teams. It is going to be called the North Division. There are still some things to sort out, and we'll talk about that as we move along tonight. But it's, and this isn't going to change in the playoffs, at least not until the semifinals, because four of the seven teams in the North will make the playoffs, and then they'll stay in the North Division for the first two rounds, one against four, two against three, then the two winners play off. Once you're left with the four division playoff winners, then they'll just seed the teams one through four, have semifinals and a Stanley Cup final. The Nuge, of course, talking about playing in the All-Canadian division. I think it's going to be pretty fun. It's uh, Obviously, we're going to get to know these these teams really well by the end of the season. I think uh, we're playing them either nine or ten times, so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be intense games, obviously shortened seasons, uh, um, usually bring out, uh, more intensity, especially early in the year. I mean, there's not a whole lot to save it for, not the 82 game schedule. So, 
um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun i think i think i don't know for sure but i assume it's kind of the first time in the league history that has been an all canadian division so it's uh pretty cool to be a part of that but um definitely like you said it's going to be interesting going into some of these buildings like uh, the bell center in montreal and and not having fans there so it's uh that'll be a little bit of an adjustment but we did get used to that in the bubble a little bit all right so there's a little bit from the nuge i asked him about the canadian division when he was on inside sports on monday night and i he made a good point that you know you, you can't afford to have too many lulls throughout the season and as as i've said this is kind of like starting the season at american thanksgiving when usually some teams have been weeded out some teams are already looking pretty good well now you're basically playing two-thirds of a season everybody's starting with zero points nobody will have a preseason game okay yeah the seven teams who were out of the playoffs last year will get a slightly longer training camp but not much longer december 30th as opposed to january 3rd and then you get into it. Every game is going to be the the proverbial four-point game. If you're catching somebody, if you're trying to catch somebody in the standings, you're, you're probably, you know, and, and until you get into the last couple weeks of the season, you're always going to have games remaining against somebody you're chasing. And there's always, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a situation where, like, where we had that turtle derby uh, a few years ago, the year Hitch was uh, took over and coached the Oilers where you had Edmonton with four or five other teams trying to get into the last playoff spot. And I remember, you know, Rob and I talking about this before one pregame show, Colorado had won something like three of their last 10 and they'd had the best 10 game segment out of everybody going for that spot because they were all playing other teams and generally losing to other teams. Won't work that way in the divisions this year. You're always against a divisional opponent and you're always going to have a chance to make up ground on, on somebody or put a little more space between you. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be very competitive. Uh, I think it's going to be very tight. I, I don't know. Will anybody have even a 600 points percentage? Will the first place team get to the 600 points percentage in the North division? I'm not sure that they will. Maybe if somebody can play 580, 585 hockey, that might be enough to finish first in the division. Terry says, what does the NHL have against calling it the Canadian division instead of the North division? Terry, I'm not sure. They they just decided to go all geography. So they just kept it Northeast, Central, and West. I, it would have been fun to call it the Canadian division. Terry, I give you permission to call it the Canadian division. That, that won't bother me, but I'll probably stick with the North because that's what the league is going with. I, yeah, they could have called it the Canadian division for sure. Uh, Russia has pulled the goaltender. 25 seconds left in the third period. Canada leading one nothing in this World Junior tune-up game. I will tell you what happens. But first, here's a little bit from Kyle Turris on the show last night. He thinks it's going to be really heated in the North. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm I'm really excited about it. I mean to to play 56 interdivisional games against all Canadian teams is like a dream come true. It's uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be very competitive. And like you said, there's going to be a lot of bad blood and rivalries that that get set up. I mean, obviously the Battle of Alberta is already a, a big one, but. I mean, you play play the teams in the division nine or ten times. It's it's going to get real ugly over the course of the year, and it's uh, it's going to be more like old time hockey. There you go. A little bit from Kyle Turris. As there's a scrum in the corner, as the game winds down, Canada beats Russia 
one nothing, and I think a storyline coming out of this will be the status of Canadian captain Kirby Doc, who went off the ice with what uh, looked like some sort of hand or wrist injury. So how close are we? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline to finally nailing it down that the Canadian teams will all be playing in their home rink. We'll address that when we get back. this one Kellen uh, my gift to all of you out there this is uh, the cover of Father Christmas by Chris Jericho and the Christmas Hells oh nice okay and I saw uh, Hermit texted in something earlier so we'll try to get that in and I got a hand to Robbie we're gonna have to try to get Robbie a canned ham because I thought okay we're gonna put out we will remind people they can request songs tonight and if they want to do a Christmas theme, of course, that's fine. Somebody wants Blue Christmas by Elvis. But Robbie, I was thinking, who's going to suggest this song? Who's going to, who's going to be, the, uh, who, who's going to be the, uh, the class clown, so to speak, that's mm-hmm. going to want to hear this song? We can actually play it. I, th- I don't think there's anything oh, I'll play it. too filthy <laughs> in it. It is uh, Robbie suggesting, of course, the classic Mistress for Christmas by ACDC. Only ACDC could come up with Mistress for Christmas. Yes, it's it rhymes. It's so clever. <laughs> We're getting Robbie a canned ham. Rob, I don't know if Robbie wants a canned ham. Robbie, uh, well, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know if uh, Robbie's ever texted the show before. Maybe he likes canned hams. Maybe he lives for canned hams. I got to come up with a character for Robbie. I envision Robbie. He's probably. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say he's he's around 40, maybe a few years on the either side of 30. I think Robbie's 37 to 43. This is like Sherlock Holmes profiling a guy just from his just from his text. Because uh, he was pretty polite in his text. Like he wrote, Robbie here, ACDC, Mistress for Christmas. Uh, oh, he's 41. Okay, so I'm close. So he's, he's slightly younger than me. Uh, I'd say he's probably, I'm going to say he's, I'm going to say he's in the city of Edmonton but maybe um, closer to the outskirts. I'm going to say, is he, maybe he's in Castle Downs. That's the vibe I'm getting. I'm going to say Robbie's in Castle Downs. Um, if he's that age, clearly likes the Oilers, and I would say probably still has a pretty strong affinity for the Canadian Football League as well. And uh, Robbie, I'm also getting that um, uh, ACDC, I'm going to say, is one of your favorite bands, but not your favorite, but they're up there. Oh, he's in the West End. Okay. Robbie, let me know how I did. That's because I watched Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch, so I I absorbed all his deduction, and I can learn a lot about you just from your texts. Okay. Anyway, some other notes today. 
Uh, the NHL has postponed the outdoor stadium series game in North Carolina that was expected to be played in February. Tampa Bay Lightning winger Nikita Kucherov expected to miss the entire regular season because of a hip injury. He needs surgery. So he's out. Remember, he was the Hart Trophy the year before. Leading scorer from these last playoffs. But they'll get some long-term injury relief. His $9.5 million salary cap hit, they're going to be able to use that to lock up restricted free agent Anthony Sorelli. Julian Breesbaugh, the GM of the Lightning, said the Tampa Bay Lightning have a framework of a contract already in place with Sorelli. So, big loss for them, but it does uh, help them contract-wise a little bit. Nashville Predators have signed forward Michael Granlund, one-year deal, $3.75 million. And the New Jersey Devils have re-signed restricted free agent goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood to a three-year $8.4 million contract uh oh in chicago uh, blackhawks for alex nylander could miss the entire season because of a knee injury he's 22 he got hurt during the playoffs some other news and notes there okay so look we got a schedule we got players that want to play we got owners though i think most of them want to play i think certainly those of you listening want there to be games is there still the possibility that some or all of the canadian teams might not be able to use their own rinks. Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health, with this update today. We've been in discussions with the Oilers and Flames with respect to their training and have provided the exemptions necessary for them to be able to do their training work. Um, we are continuing to be in discussions uh, with respect to the return to play, and that's something, again, that's not just Alberta, that's a uh, discussion that's happening across the country. Yes, and I I think probably some other provinces might be more of a hang-up than Alberta. Uh, Ontario's Minister of Sport, Lisa McLeod, says several levels of government in each province still discussing the plan and outline what it'll take for Ontario to approve it. We would need clearance from Ottawa's public health officer, Toronto's public health officer, the chief medical officer of health, and then it would all ultimately go to cabinet for a decision. Um, and that would happen in every other single province uh, as well that has, uh, has a team. But uh, the good news is the conversations are ongoing. All right. And, I, you know, somebody texted in yesterday and said, Reed, isn't this happening backwards? Shouldn't have this all been approved before the NHL wanted to go ahead and say there was going to be a season and announce a schedule? Fair comment, but I think the NHL also realized they had to get things uh, rolling and let the players know when the games were going to be. So um, I would say I'm relatively optimistic about all the Canadian teams being able to play at home. Uh, I I think Vancouver would be, in my mind anyway, perhaps the biggest hang-up, BC the biggest hang-up, maybe the team most likely to have to relocate for all a part of the season. So there are some things still to be worked out big l thanks for your text buddy merry christmas to you as well bob stoffer's coming up i got a quiz for stoffer ready we'll chat about the schedule who knows what else it's inside sports on chet Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Raptors season is underway. Three minutes left in the first half. 49-42. They lead the New Orleans Pelicans 
Pelican's a very competitive and athletic bird, hence New Orleans picking it for its team name. Canada beating Russia 1-0 in the World Junior tune-up game at Rogers Place. Drysdale had the goal for Canada about four minutes into the third period. Big storyline for me here is Kirby Doc left the game in the third period, captain of Team Canada, Chicago Blackhawks forward. And uh, obviously from Fort Saskatchewan, he collided with a Russian player in the neutral zone, immediately took off his right glove and uh, went straight to the bench, straight down the tunnel, holding up and looking at his uh, his right hand. So I don't know if it's a hand or a wrist. Uh, I do have the TV on here, but the sound is down. So I apologize if there was an update that I didn't hear. I haven't seen anything on Twitter, but I think that's a, a big story as we move through this one. Okay. Well, it is a true Christmas treat. To welcome Bob Stoffer on the show. He is the host of the outstanding and popular program, Oilers Now, noon to two every day here on 630 Chat. Bob, thanks for checking in, man. What's up? Best of the season to you, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I quit, gotta say, quit lying. Uh, quit lying. Well, no, I've I've enjoyed our uh I've enjoyed our chats uh, through through all this, and I know we're going to keep them up, and we'll be on air more together once we get into actual games. I, I was watching, uh, you know, as I was getting ready for the show, I kind of had one eye on the, on the Canada-Russia game, so, uh, you know, saw bits and pits, but really, Bob, great they won, great they got the shot. It, to me, it's all about the Kirby Doc stat- status now, that he left the ice and see, see what's up with him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, you are correct. There's been nothing updated yet. Uh, He did go for x-rays. You know, sometimes in those situations, maybe you're hoping it's just a finger. Uh, But if it's a hand or a wrist, uh, oh boy. So uh, kind of a, you know what, sort of almost an excuse me hit. And this is, I was, it's funny because Rita, I actually thought we were going to come on and talk a bit about the fact that he wasn't playing center and he was playing wing. Because to me, he should be playing center. I mean, if he's playing center, for the Chicago Blackhawks in the play-in series against either McDavid or Dreisaitl. I, I don't know why he'd be on right wing, but right now I just want to play him. So I hope for his sake it's, I, I got to say, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but he's, you know, he's a real good player. And uh, the fact that he didn't fish, finish the game and you saw the injury, that's concerning. It is. I will say this, though, just maybe to be a little bit optimistic about it. If it's iffy, they're not going to bring him back in a pre-tournament game. 100%. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell myself that. But that's that's a big loss if uh, if he can't play for sure. First actual tournament game is going to be against Germany. That's coming up on uh, on Boxing Day. So we'll see how Canada does once the games get started. I think they will do, uh, do pretty well. All right, we got a schedule, Bob. Uh, we got a schedule, you know, kind of what we expected with the rhythm. The Oilers have 11 back-to-backs, second most in the NHL. I believe San Jose has 12. There are some little gaps along the way because there are seven teams in the North Division. You sort of get a little bit of a mini-buy a few times when you have three or four days off while other teams are playing. Um, you know, look, I'm looking at it now, and I, I, I always thought this is going to be fun, Canadian teams over and over again. I, I see it now, and, and it makes me even feel a, a greater sense of anticipation. Those three in a row with the Leafs coming to town late February, early March, March uh, Edmonton in Montreal in uh, the third week of March, or I guess fourth week of March, and then three of the final five games against the Calgary Flames. 
Yeah, I mean, I let's just get there, first of all. Uh, you know, there's still some hurdles. It's great they got the sked out. Um, I mean, I, the biggest thing that's interesting to me is they don't play Calgary for the first 12. You know, how many games before they play Calgary here? Uh, 8, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, first 12 games, they don't play the Flames. So that'll be, uh, it, you'll end up playing Calgary 10 times in the final 44 games. That's very interesting. Um We'll see. I mean, Reed, it, there's, we still got to make sure, you know, there's some players. This is a very tricky time for a lot of organizations as players come back into uh, various markets around the National Hockey League. Uh, COVID's still very high in the States. Uh, you know, I, I know that Vegas was an organization that said that everybody's fine regard, regarding Vegas's team. We'll see. I mean, I'm a little bit nervous about that still. Not so much the guys that are already here, Reed. Like, you know, you got guys like you, you had tourists on yesterday, RNH on the day before. Uh, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl is the first guy here. So, uh, you know, organizations got to get through it. They got to get to January 3rd for the training camp. And we still got some work to do on the provincial front as well. Very positive with what Darren Dreger tweeted out today. But uh, nonetheless, it is exciting to actually have a schedule in front of us. Yeah, well, I'm going to have Thomas Durant on the show at the top of the hour who covers the Canucks for the Athletic. And he's, he's always good to have on the show too. So, I mean, I, my read on it has been maybe bc is the is the biggest possible hang-up i'll read the dregger tweet here if people didn't see it the nhl could have an answer from the five provinces involved in league discussions later today sources say provincial reps met on monday and again this morning and are expected to respond to the nhl nhlpa as a group which is viewed as encouraging by some clubs for sure if they're all um if they're all working together and that would indicate maybe that one province isn't trying to to break away or, or leverage the other ones but uh, we're going to find out at the top of the hour i think a little bit more about bc well we did have across the country the toughest day that we've had since may in terms of uh you know people passing away from this so uh you know i, I get it let's see uh it's a debate uh, i will say that the protocol that's in place the amount of times the players are tested on a daily basis the fact that they'll basically be cordoned off in their own team charters and that sort of thing the limits in terms of who's flying on those team charters all that kind of stuff they're doing everything possible to put themselves in a favorable position to play Bob Stoffer joining us tonight on Inside Sports, final uh, edition of the show before Christmas. Are you work tomorrow, Bob? You no. got a best of. You got a bug. No, okay, well, it's, it's an oxymoron for Oilers now. It's called best of Oilers now. So it's yeah, kind of like best best of- honest politician and military intelligence, right? Those are the other two. Yeah, well, best of inside sports is just two hours of dead air. At least you got tape to put on. But no, seriously, uh, look, I, 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 I rarely do this, Bob. Uh, I hope you're not disappointed with me. I engaged somebody on Twitter this afternoon. Uh-oh. Uh, it's, it's, how did uh, that go? It's, uh, I, I don't know how it went. I, I, I feel I said what was important to say. I, I, I didn't feel like I was being mouthy or combative. But Was, uh, was it an analytics person that misre- misrepresented the uh, facts? That's exactly how I feel it was. Uh, Travis Yost writes for tsn.ca, and he expressed concerns about the Oilers' goaltending. And I, for the most part, I share those concerns. <laughs> Mike Smith didn't get any younger in the last nine months. Uh, you know, Miko Koskinen was very good at times, uh, was was not great at other times, and neither man was good enough in the postseason. I think no. that's that's factual. But he, but Travis wrote this that Mike Smith. Uh, eroded over the second half of last season. And look, I, I realize fans are nervous about Mike Smith. I realize Mike Smith's had some really poor stretches last year. They, they didn't happen in the second half of the year. Mid-November to the end of December, Mike Smith was not good. Like, his save percentage was well below 900. But after 
after the new year, he was 12-3-4. Maybe the save percentage at 9-11 is still kind of middling, but hey, he was 12-3-4. So I, sometimes I feel like, you, like I, I realize that these some of these guys, they take a slant, they use the numbers, they use a lot of league averages, but sometimes I feel like you can't just have it your own way with with the facts. Mike Smith was, Mike Smith of the second half of the season was better than the Mike Smith in the first half of the season last year. I don't think well, that's disputable. The December killed him. There's no question about that, yes. right? So here's here's the deal. I mean, people are allowed to have their opinion, but when you have actual information that uh, statistically proves otherwise, I, I think that you have to take that worth for what it's worth. I mean, there might be somebody connected and uh, in, in underwriting a political party in this province that says not what I voted for when the party that they supported only had 32% of the vote and the party that won had 54%. So 54% of the uh, popular vote went to the party that ended up winning so the majority of albertans did pick that now don't get me wrong here you're allowed to be far left or far right or 80 percent of us that are in the center but the reality of the situation is it's a little bit uh, misrepresenting to say not what uh, not what i voted for when the majority of the province actually voted for that part and in fact the party that you were behind uh in the previous election won an election with only 40 percent of the popular vote so reed i and, and again I think if and you're, you're using get... the royal you, not the Reed Wilkins you, there, because I'm not. Unlike you, I'm not going down the political. Oh, road. I'm going to say, uh, Reed. I got told today more politics, less. Just kidding. What I'm oh, saying yeah, sure is, you, you can. Yeah. Uh, Cactus Jack texts the show and said David Staples and Bob Stoffer, less Oilers, more political talk. With with all all I'm saying is there's lots of. Here's the thing. I think people should be allowed to have their political view and not be crushed in a, where you know in, in how they think. Just like when it comes to discussing the Oilers, we have the privilege of talking about the orders you and me do not agree on everything i totally get the sentiment out there questioning the edmonton orders goaltending i think that's a fair comment to make the point you're making is don't misrepresent uh, misrepresent what occurred last year basically er anybody that's followed the orders on a day-to-day -day basis and our hardcore fans knows that smith had a bad december and then he got his game back together and the orders need mike smith and miko koskinen to be better than the play uh, than they were in the play-in series they're both 32 and over that is a legitimate concern totally legitimate from the fan base will these guys step up can Co can Koskinen go 917 again that is fair but don't sit there and say the cost or that Smith was way better in the first half than he was in the second half when he had one bad month of December and was pretty good between January February and March yeah fair enough uh <laughs> this texture uh, uh colton says uh reed i thought you were going to introduce the grinch wade bob kind of is one ha ha oh just kidding. colton's funny colton's funny uh any update on the oilers grabbing a defenseman smiley face trust me we would have told you by now we're 45 minutes into the show yeah i i uh, i, I I would assume that would have occurred in about the first five or seven minutes. I, I think they're still investigating it. Obviously, they got to get a contract down here from Ethan Bear. You heard Ken Holland the other day. Um, you know, I, I think we're looking at one or three years. Um, it's funny with Ethan Bear. You take a look at uh, Philip Myers of the Flyers, three years, two point five million. That's a six foot five shutdown defenseman. Uh, you look at uh, Chernak, who's had played two full seasons in the NHL. He got two point nine over three years. Those guys are top four D for those clubs. Like my. Myers forced his way into the mix. Uh, 
with the Flyers and they had a bunch of right shot D already. I'm going to be very intrigued. Like, does Ethan Bear only end up getting a one year deal? He doesn't have any arb rights. That's kind of what happened to Anthony D'Angelo, who had better offensive numbers than Ethan Bear if the Rangers, uh, you know, when he got that uh, one year deal. So we'll wait and see what transpires here. I would not be surprised if Edmonton added another left shot D Reed. Did you? I heard you talking about Kuhu. Did you talk about Hutton or Kuhu? Did you? Were you talking about Hutton as well? I, I mentioned two defensemen to Brian Lawton. I said, "Who do you like better between Kuhu and uh, Hutton?" And I think he said Hutton. I know Jason Strudwick also suggested that he liked Hutton more. I might lean a bit more to to Kuku, frankly, and I'm not doing that to do Rich Winter, a, uh, you know, a, a good one there. I mean, Rich re- represents him. I actually like the way Kuku played in the playoffs for the Hawks. Yeah, so do I. I, I. He actually played better than I thought he would, actually. Same here. So, but I, I think Hutton's had a pretty solid career as well. Why Why do you, I've never asked you this, because Holland said it's going to be one, two, or three years for Bear. How come you're kind of excluding a two-year deal? Because the Oilers have got Jones signed on a two-year deal and Nurse signed on a two-year deal. And if it was me, I might want to go three years on Bear one year, just so I'm not negotiating three separate defensemen all coming up at the same time. And by the way, I'm with Brian Lawton. I got, I got a lot of time for where potentially uh, Caleb Jones is going to go here. I think he's got a tremendous opportunity, and I think he's going to kick the door through. And I think if you're bare, would you not prefer a one year to bet on yourself? And then maybe there's some more, uh, depending I, I, on what happens with the cap, maybe you can cash in next year. Well, the cap's not going anywhere. I mean, it's going to be at eighty-one. No, but it's not all. The, but not all the players are going to be back on the roster necessarily. <laughs> well, that's a whole other conversation when you're talking well, Nugent enough. Hopkins. What happens there? Uh, what I would no, say. No, I'm not the, suggesting Nugent won't be back. Don't. I, well, <laughs> so. Reed. I mean, it takes two to tango on that front. Uh, I think we all hope Ryan is is back with the club. Uh, hey, we got to play the season first. Uh, but the one thing I would say. Uh, regarding Barry, you said, well, would he bet on himself? Is he going to get on the power play ahead of Tyson Barry? I don't see that no. happening. I see Barry on the first unit, so maybe he might be better off to give himself a little bit of security and, and do a three-year bridge. Christmas edition. Uh-oh. Well, sort of, of the quiz for Stoffer. There's there's <laughs> one sort of, uh, I use the Christmas Day NFL game as a jumping off point. Just Uh-oh. two questions today. Do you want Oilers season openers first or Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks first? Uh, let's go Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks. What, what years? Okay. So this is because the Vikings play the saints on Christmas day from 94 to 96. Who was the Vikings quarterback? This is an easy one. It's an easy one. Was Dante Culpepper there yet? Or did that precede Dante Culpepper? Oh, it preceded Culpepper. And it's probably a guy. I bet you this guy might be in your top five favorite athletes of all time. Warren moon. Absolutely. All right. So is he is he in your top five favorite athletes of all time? He's got to be up there on the stopper first, list. First class guy. I met him when I was in grade eight. Dale Potter was our teacher out at Fultonvale, and I came into practice one day, and uh, he spent some time with me. He was just a. He said, "Kid, play hockey. You're too small to play football." <laughs> no, and what he said is, he goes, "The only position, the only position you can play is slot back because you're not gonna be. You're already kind of growing a bit, and you're gonna end up being. You're not gonna be six foot two and." Uh, 230, you know, you're, you're going to be 5'11 and 190, and, and so you're going to play fullback or slotback or, or safety. He goes, play hockey. <laughs> so, Board Mood actually told you that? That's, a, that's It, it might have been Dale Potter. I'm trying to recall here. It left an indelible impression in my mind. Which, Oilers which, season opener uh, is the other category. October of 1998, first game of the season. Who did the Oilers beat 5-1? Oh man, you got to be kidding me! Really? 
You're, oh, well, now, it was a prominent. It was one of their prominent rivals from the 1980s. It was a prominent rival from the 1980s. They beat well. I mean, so we're talking either the Islanders, the Flyers, or the Flames. Uh, hmm, 19, what, what year again was it again, Reed? 1988. 19, it was a home game. It was 19, it, eight, 1988. I thought you said 98. Sorry, 88. 19. Uh, maybe I did. 1988. All right, I'll go with the Flames. They beat the Flames 5-1. They beat the Islanders 5-1, who I guess by that time were they weren't, starting they weren't, to decline a little bit. They weren't that good anymore. Reed, I feel shame. I really went 0 for 2 here. I cannot no, believe I didn't. I can't believe I chose Culpepper ahead of Warren Moon. I should have remembered Warren. And I'm thinking that because it went Warren Moon. And when did Randall Cunningham go? Because Cunningham was a the quarterback there in that uh, game where Randy Moss got the three touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. And Cunningham I think- was there in 98. Uh, 97 and 98 and 99. In 99, the two quarterbacks for the Vikings were Randall Cunningham and Jeff George. Remember him? Yeah, he had he a played big for the time. Argos. He he had an absolute cannon. Reed in 1998, the Thanksgiving Day game was the day before the Golden Bears rallied from uh, 5-1 down in Saskatchewan. You, my friend, off the yes. game for me back at the <laughs> 6:30 at the CJCA stu- or CJSR studios, and uh, and Rob Dom got tossed out of the game. He got tossed out of the game for uh, actually it was the Saturday night game that the Bears had the big comeback because Rob locked the official on the ice at the dilapidated. Rutherford Arena in Saskatoon. The Bears had lost on Friday night, and they came back from 5-1 down. Greatest comeback in Golden Bears history. Bobby Najelski, the former Sherwood Park Crusader. I know you're a big AJHL guy. He scored the GWG and OT for the Bears in the comeback. Who took the uh, five-minute major for the Huskies late in the game when it was 5-2? Because that Hankelman. helped the Bears tie it. Hankelman. Hankelman. Who, and then, yeah. Who, and then I covered him playing senior hockey. Because I, I, I remember we were playing, the Golden Bears were playing uh, Saskatchewan in the conference final, and both teams were already into the University Cup that year. You went with me to the University Cup. And so in the conference final, I ended up uh, playing, and the Bears were down by three goals, and Hankelman was a healthy scratch for Saskatchewan, and he was standing right next to me in our broadcast location, uh, which was basically a plywood sheet over top of the Huskies bench. And I looked right at him, and I said, all the Bears need right now is Scott Hankelman to take another stupid five-minute major Major penalty and was it Scott or Jeff? It might have been Jeff Hankelman because you know what? There was Scott Hankelman. Scott played for uh, for the I say us for the Golden Bears. Scott Hankelman played for the Golden Bears. It was Jeff Hankelman that played for the U of S for Dave Avidoff. And then Jeff Hankelman played for the 2007 Allen Cup champion Lloydminster Border Kings, who won the Allen Cup in Stony Plain. I did was play that, by was, play for that tournament. Was One that of my, your, the final things I did working in Lloyd. Was that your great? That. Was that your greatest moment, being covering a team in Lloyd over the years? Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been. They, they, they won the Allen Cup in 01, but it was in Ontario, so you, I wasn't at the tournament. What year did they host the Allen Cup? Because Jason Twice, Greger 2000 was... and 2005. They oh, hosted it... in 2000, like a month after I started working in Lloyd. That was one of the first things 05. I covered. Oh five, and then oh five was the crazy Theo Fleury year. Yes, yeah, we uh, he kind of blew us off there at that event. Uh, he's a pretty interesting guy on Twitter. I don't follow him, but I am told that uh, he's he might he might be right down the philosophical approach of a guy like Ezra. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Levant, who I also do not follow, Reed, just to set the record straight. Reed, I follow you, though. Merry That's Christmas, all I... buddy. Hey, take care. Happy holidays, everybody. That is Bob Starr for checking in inside sports on Chet. Okay, uh, Ryan Rashog from TSN covering the World Juniors says no update on Kirby Doc. More x-rays needed. Kirby Doc left the game in the third period with what uh, looked like an injury to his right hand or wrist. So we'll have to uh, keep an eye on that. That is pretty significant. Great to have Bob Stoffer on the show. Merry Christmas to Bob and his family. Raptors up 59-50 early in the third quarter as they open the season against the menacing New Orleans Pelicans. By the way, anybody who can uh, text me in some information about the aggression level of Pelicans might have a canned ham for you. Thomas Drantz coming up from the Athletic Vancouver and recently retired NHL defenseman Derek England will join me between 7.30 and 8. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.